you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I have bronchitis, so we're going to try and get through this episode with me trying to talk as little as possible. To help me out with that, we got Jim Turvey. He's at TurveyBets on Twitter and in the Action Network app, which is the best place for you to track your picks. You get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on. Make sure to check out all the great stuff that we've got in there for the continuing NCAA tournament to the Elite Eight going forward as well as getting you stuff for the NBA and NHL playoffs. Playoff picture is officially live and active. I'm doing the update after we get off here. So lots to get into. Find it in the Action Network app. Uh, Jim, I'm decided I'm going to start doing a different random question to ask our guests because I think like, how you doing is weird because it's just, it's, it's just a weird context. So I'll ask you this. Um, who is your favorite player in NBA history to watch shoot a jumper? Oh, man, great question. This is going to be a super homer pick. And I don't even know if I gave this a ton of thought, if I would continue with it. But the the person who jumped into my mind was Latrell Sprewell. I think that's slightly biased by my age and fandom, but uh, I I did love to watch Spree get up a three. So I'll I'll go Sprewell. I love it. Who's yours? That's great. Um, Oh, boy. Mine's probably Ray Allen, the precision. Mm. Just absolutely loved Ray's Ray's ability to how, how seriously he took keeping his form perfect every single time. Uh, all right. This is your best bets episode for Friday. My thanks to Brandon Anderson for filling in with a Futures Friday episode. You can check out with uh, our good buddy, Joe Delera. Thanks to Brandon for filling in there. Uh, Jim, give me your best bets for the Friday slate. Absolutely. Uh, I've got Wizards minus seven on the spread. Um, in that same game, I'm going to target an over in the first quarter. And then one other game for you, I got Oklahoma City plus five and a half on the spread as well. Bold take here with OKC as they are currently playing the Los Angeles Clippers. And I believe they are still down uh, as we are recording this. They are down one uh, in the second half right now as we're recording this second quarter. Uh, All right. uh, For mine tonight, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Suns plus four and a half versus the Kings. I'm going to take Sixers plus five. I'm going to tell you on Wizards minus seven. uh, And I'm also going to take Grizzlies minus 12 and a half facing the Houston Rockets. So, Jim, I'll let you go first. 
Uh, let's talk about this Wizards game. Why do you first? Let's do the the first quarter cap. You like the Wizards first quarter over combined? What do you like about that one? Give me the numbers on why that first quarter one uh, checks out. Yeah, this is uh, maybe my favorite play of the three of the whole day. So this is the the top two teams in the whole league this season to the over in the first quarter. Um, the Wizards are absolutely insane in the first quarter. They are 49 and 24, a 67% to the over in the first quarter this season. Um, so that's, you know, you're playing teams that, that do score a lot in the first and they don't. And tomorrow they have the Spurs who are the second best team to the over this season in the NBA. The Spurs are 43 and 29 and one to the over. Um, again, I think we, uh, we've talked about this a bit in the past, you can get a little messy with these trends if you aren't pairing at the extremes, but when it's first versus second, they're both returning, you know, almost 20% ROI. Um, there's clearly a pattern that the the books don't, don't go to the extremes as much in setting these um, individual quarter lines. So I really like the over on, on that first quarter in, in wizard spurs tomorrow. Nice. I like it. Um, I can't, you, you've been spot on with these, so I can't really, really argue, argue back on it. Um, Wizards, I have a hard time telling like where they're at. I don't really know how to predict them night to night, given both their effort level and just like general approach. Like, I don't know what really to expect here. They're down um, some guys, but I do think that you're probably right that there's a likelihood for this to go the other way. You do like the Wizards minus seven in this game. Why do you like the Wizards minus seven for the full game? Yeah, the Wizards this year are a team that, uh, I stick, I stay away from most of the time because I'm with you. They are a little hard to figure out. It seems like they have guys in a lineup. It's hard to figure out how much those guys being in and on the lineup even matters. But one thing that they consistently have done is they don't really play with their food against bad teams. Um, if you go through their schedule and you highlight wins, so they're two and nine in their last 11. So they're definitely sliding. The two wins though, the Pistons, and they took care of business both times. So if you, and this goes beyond just those past 11 games, if you kind of go through their schedule this season, whenever they have like the dregs of the league, they, they defeat them and they usually do it with a decent margin. Um, the first time they played the Spurs was in San Antonio. They won by 21. Um, they just, they, they, they are one of those teams that the, the reason they're hanging around the playoff picture at all is because they take care of business against the bad teams. Um, and San Antonio, no, they had, they had that home stand um, about a week ago where they were looking kind of good, a little, little frisky for a minute. They, they were covering a few. They're even getting some outright wins. Um, their last two losses, though, now that they've gone on the road, 35 and 36. I think that's a lot more of, of what's to be expected from the Spurs. Um, this number came out six and a half. It's already seven. Um, hopefully, when you're listening, it's it's still right around seven. There's not too much overnight action, but um, I'm, I'm going to be playing that Wizards minus seven for sure. Um, Zach Collins is questionable. Devontae Graham is probable. Keldon Johnson's probable. Trey Jones is probable. Romeo Langford's out. Doug McDermott's probable. Sohan is out. Denvisel's questionable. Like the Spurs are not are not being subtle here. <laughs> it's it's pretty obvious what they're doing here. So I'm going to tell you and take the minus seven. Um, let's roll over to this other one that I'm much more concerned about. You're taking the Thunder plus five and a half versus the Lakers. Give me the cap. Yeah. So the Thunder consistently this season and i i put it in the app today because i i played them against the other la team today the market just isn't respecting the thunder as much as they should uh the thunder by far the best team against the spread this season they're 45 26 and 1 against the spread straight up which is kind of wild it's usually pretty hard for the market to be that far off on a team consistently throughout the whole season but just every game it seems like they're a point or two off of where they should be and i see it this way again uh against the lakers it is the second half of a back-to-back um, but it's in LA, you know, n- not much travel. Um, it's, I, I looked at the thunder on these like zero day rest games They're you know, they cover at about 500, um, 
with or without Shea, it's about 500. So I wouldn't, you know, obviously Shea being there matters for the cap. Um, so keep an eye on that as as news comes out after they play the Clippers tonight. But you know, they're they're plus four against the Clippers today. Uh, and I think they were either tied or down one at the half. You know, we'll see how that second half plays out. But the 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 these Lakers, I do not have as a better team than the Thunder, especially without LeBron. You know, with LeBron, I almost have to even close. Obviously, the ceiling's higher than that Lakers team, but this Thunder team is really good. They're really young. They're they're kind of hard to cap because like we we don't know a lot of these guys. I think Joe was saying that on the pod the other day. But they get it done. They're you know the coaching is great. Shea is amazing. Uh, and they they're just a cover machine this year. So uh, until they prove me otherwise, uh, I'm going to I'm going to keep riding them here, even on the second half of back to back. Yeah, we were all over that uh, that Thunder versus Clippers game, which was good because I, I whiffed on my other two picks back on Wednesday. Um, didn't take them tonight just because I don't like it in the second matchup uh, whenever you're facing the same team twice in a week, um, especially in the same building. I don't like taking them in the second game. Um, this one, my only reservation here is that, so OKC, one of their big advantages is that they play harder and smarter than just about everybody else. Um, that's been their big edge. It's one of the reasons why they're the best team against the spread in the last two seasons. However, when you're on a back-to-back, some of that advantage dissipates. It's a, there's no travel here. So I don't think this is a bad pick. Here's the numbers. When the Thunder are, are on an away game on a back-to-back this season, they're four, three, and one against the spread at 57%, which is good. They're five and five overall on the second night of a back-to-back. So when we talk about like the back-to-backs here, we see mostly just like a marked drop from the usual Thunder performance. Like we usually have this big cushion in terms of what the spread says versus what the line should actually be. And that's why they kill the spread almost every single time. The rest factor, I think with OKC matters more than it does with almost any other team, because like they got to beat you with smarts and they got to be locked in and focused. The other thing this is an LA nightlife game. Like they are currently up to on the Clippers in the third quarter. If they win this game, they're probably going out to celebrate. I don't like a bunch of young guys in LA with another game tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm going to stay away from it. Um, I will say that my numbers have this. That's the other thing here is my numbers don't make this enough to, to get there. I, I would say it's thunder or nothing. I'm definitely not betting LA, but it's four and a half. I have it too. So like I think the the Lakers should be favored by two, which is less than like a full mark for home court advantage. That makes sense. It basically says on a neutral court, the Thunder are better, which I agree with. This is a neutral court. It's a back to back. I'm gonna go ahead and like and stay away from it, but I don't mind you taking the Thunder. They've been trustworthy, and the Lakers are always kind of overrated in the market. One problem I do think is that this is on that that crucial four point line, four four and a half, right? Where even if we're right and like the Thunder are in this game free throws could wind up just nudging this over. Like the Thunder foul down three and two free throws and, and and it hits you with the hook. So if this gets tomorrow and it gets to be six, I'm going to have to bet it. Like at six, I will have to bet this, but that's going to have to be the number for me to get in on OKC. Uh, as for me, I'm going to go ahead and open with the Grizzlies minus 12 and a half versus the Rockets. This is based off of a trend that I followed throughout the year and I really like it and I'm going to continue to hit it. This is, okay, you play a team twice in three days. The last one was at home and you were favored and you won. And this one's at home and you're favored. So this is like pretty simple. You're you're that two game set versus an inferior opponent. You did win straight up the last one. The Grizzlies did not cover versus the Rockets in Jaws first game back the other night. In those games this season, teams are 13 and three straight up 10, five and one at 67% against the spread. And that's even with an average line of seven. So we have like a, a nice set of games here where this has happened. And if you want to go back further, if you take this out, 
of 2022. And we go back to every time that this has occurred since 2003, we still get to 142, 127 and two for 53%. Most of those were like randos back in the day. And so I like to try and get it a little bit closer if we're going to talk about this. Let's do since 2019-20, right? The last four seasons. 50, 35, and two, 59%. So again, teams that are at home were played the same opponent two days ago, beat them, were favored, and are favored again. We're sitting at 59% since 2019-2020. So Memphis... Jaws first game back. It was awkward. It was weird. The Rockets will play a little bit better. The Rockets will be in Memphis for three days. A lot of fried food. Um, I will count on the Grizzlies to take care of business. Minus 12 and a half. It's a lot of number. Well, I would delay. I like getting the Grizzlies at home versus these bad teams. I think it's a good spot for them, especially yeah. now that they got Jaw back. Yeah, I think you I think you nailed it. Um, I, I love that trend you came up with there. Um, especially zoom into around, you know, last last three or four years there where this has been more of a schedule occurrence. So, you know, teams are starting to kind of you know, learn how to handle these. Um, yeah, but it really, uh, for me, it comes down to Grizzlies at home, bad team. Uh, we we're, you know, earlier in this, we we're talking about the Wizards taking care of business. The Grizzlies are a team that are not afraid to blow a crummy team at home um, and really, you know, get their bench some minutes and, and their bench is good enough that that doesn't usually lead to a backdoor. So yeah, I'm with you on this one. All right. Um, elsewhere. So the Philadelphia 76ers, one of the best teams in the association are five point dog tomorrow versus the Golden State Warriors. Joel Embiid and James Harden are both questionable for this game. Um, I'm going to list this as a best bet if Embiid plays. I don't need Harden. I just need Joel. So as long as Embiid plays, I like the Sixers there. I will wait to make sure that he's playing. Um, so this is like a conditional best bet, which, sorry, there's no way for me to, to do this otherwise. This might be one of those where the line is split, right? Where it's it's five because they think they don't know if Joel and Harden are going to play. If both of them are out, it goes to nine. If one of them plays, it goes to six, six and a half. Uh, and if both of them play, it might move back to like two or one, right? I will still like it at whatever number I get, regardless of where I get it. As long as the Sixers are, are, are getting points, I will play it. I will play it anywhere to, to pick them. Um, I don't think that Embiid and Harden that they're. I don't think that this is a Embiid and Harden are out. That wouldn't make any sense for the for in Golden State, right? Golden State's nails at home, so this has to be like a halfway point, or it has to be like kind of leaning towards them not playing or one of them not playing. So again, at five, if you hear that Embiid's playing, I'm definitely betting at five if it stays there. If I'm wrong and they're like, yeah, we think Embiid plays and Harden doesn't. And that's what this line is. I'm absolutely playing the five. If this moves to three, I will play it at three or two. One, I'm probably going to be like, maybe a half unit on the money line and just go that route. Um, to be quite honest, this is just like the Sixers are just like a much better team. You know, like I, I still have this. The Warriors have such an incredible home court advantage. So with average, if I do an average home court, I have this still as, as the Sixers minus one full strength. That's how wide the gap is between the Sixers and the Warriors, but you have to account for the Warriors home court. So with home court, it moves all the way to, I have the Sixers minus three, three and a half. Um, I will still probably like this if it gets under three, just based off of the fact that I think that this is a, this is a real opportunity for Embiid to put another nail in what is already a pretty closed MVP coffin for him. So I, I will lean very heavily toward like part of this is the Warriors are unbeatable at home and they win and they can't win on the road. They just won two on the road. 
you still have to be a certain level of team to have the road record that they do. And so I will still lean a little bit toward, especially with the matchups, I'll lean towards the Sixers here as long as MB plays tomorrow. Yeah, this isn't uh, a disagree for me. It's just as much of a stay away. Um, there's just so many factors at play. The Warriors are one of the weirder teams to bet before you even get into injury stuff. Um, the Sixers, you know, with their two main pieces being questionable, I think there is, you know, advantages. You have to be watching this like a hawk. Um, I think uh, you have to be be on top of that news and, and really try and catch stuff. I know you you like it all the way to like a you know anything with plus points. I'd probably play it to you know if if Embiid's in there, I'm I'm with you. I'm probably looking to the Philly side, but I'd really want to catch it um, kind of quick before before the full line moves. So for me, this is. Uh, too many, too many moving pieces, especially at this moment, to to give any sort of a cap for it. Uh, and finally, I'm going to take the Suns plus four and a half here versus the Kings. I, I respect the beam for sure, and I think the Suns have been, um, you know, rough without KD. It makes a lot of sense, right? He's not going to be back till the end of the month here, probably I don't know five six days. Um, that said, like I still have this only Kings minus three and a half. So I get a point here. I'll probably just put a half unit on it. Most of this is a matter of, I do think that the Suns in games that they will get up for will probably execute a higher level. I think they'll probably be mad after that that Lakers game. Um, I kind of trust them in the spot versus a Kings team that I think is facing a lot of expectation now. Uh, I do like the Suns here, plus four and a half versus the Kings. Yeah, to me, this would be uh, either, I would look at Suns money line or I might mm. look to Kings spread. I, this is one of those weird games where I can see a game script that kind of like splits the splits the two options. Um, I think the Kings are, are going to be looking at this as a potential statement game. And I could I could see them coming out fast, putting putting their feet on the throw and just kind of running away with it. Um, but if it's a close game, I, I I do think it would kind of tend to favor Phoenix, even though Sacramento has been so good in the clutch um, this season. Um I, I, this is my game write up for tomorrow. I got, I got to dig in the numbers a little bit more still. Um, but for me, I, I might look at uh, a Phoenix money line if I were, if I were on that side of things too. I think you convinced me. I'm just going to play this. I'm just going to play the Suns money line. That's all I'm going to do is I'm just going to take the Suns money line. You convinced me. Nice. That's a better, that's a better <laughs> So uh, we're both on Wizards minus seven. Jim talked me into that one. I'm on Suns money line. Jim's on Warrior or on Wizard Spurs first quarter over. Uh, he's on OKC plus five and a half versus the Lake Show. I like the Grizzlies minus 12 and a half versus the Rockets. And I'm taking the Sixers plus five if MB plays versus the Warriors. I'll take that number all the way down to, I will say that like with a, I have this three and a half. I'll take it down to three. Three is a, the lowest point that I will take it. If it drops immediately to two, if Embiid and Harden are in, then I'm not going to play it. That's going to wrap it up for Best Bets for a Friday. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to download the Action Network app. My thanks to David Payne, our producer. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys again on Monday for our, our weekend recap with Albert Lynn, the analytics capper. Till then, let's get pockets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.